When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Afternoon. Happy hump day. Lori and Julia show here on My Talk 1071 Everything Entertainment. Honey Roberts is in for Lori today. Yeah. Thank you, Donnie. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is this is something. IMC Partners is suing Celine Dion for unpaid commission on a five hundred million dollar deal. Wow. And this they dropped her as a client after she paled, failed to pay commission for her concerts um stemming from a deal signed in twenty seventeen, according to an internal memo obtained by Billboard, but it's be reported on E. T. Canada and some yeah. other things. She's Canadian. She's been represented by Rob Prince. He's currently the partner co owner of Worldwide Concerts at ICM. For thirty years since the beginning of her career, he has been her rep um her agent. According to the memo, they will no longer be representing Celine Dion and will be initiating legal proceedings in order to receive the compensation. And and Rob Prince says, as many of you are aware, he are aware he has represented Celine Dion for over 30 years since the beginning of her career, including her unprecedented $500 million multi-year touring and performing deal, which he signed in 2017. Yeah, you don't want to mess with this guy. He you know, also uh, managed Bob Seeger, Jerry Seinfeld, and his agency does the booking for Kendrick Lamar, Nicki Minaj. I mean, mm-hmm. just like all... You got to pay the people who take care of you, mm-hmm. Celine. So she, uh, her summer tour that, you know, was part of this grossed $56 million across 22 shows. She has made so much money in Vegas. I can't believe she wouldn't pay. Yeah, there's She's something thinking, well, not right here. But Unless maybe she wasn't aware and it's supposed well, to be t- handled by management. Okay, man, if it, for they would get this to her. Like they they would get this to her right. before this information would even get out. Yeah, yeah, and it's, well, and according to I mean, their, they've got a long-standing thing. Yeah, 30 years. Yeah, according to the statement, they're saying that, regrettably, we are left with no choice but mm-hmm. to initiate the legal proceeding, like you said. So that means they probably have talked many times yep. to Celine Dion's people. And yeah, this is the kind of guy, see, for 30 years, he's had a relationship yep. with Celine Dion. He's the one who brokered her career in Las Vegas. And that is really... I have no idea why she would not give this man his Mm-mm. 10, 15% cut or whatever. They've made he earns. every effort yeah. to amicably resolve the matter. Oh, oh, that's got to pay your money. Yeah. Well, that's always something interesting, you know, when people don't want to pay their manager, or their agents, or people who have got them where they are. Uh-huh. It's like, duh. Yeah. You wouldn't be, you know, who do you think does all the work here? So that's really. 
That's disappointing, Celine Dion. Yeah, mm-hmm. Celine. Oh, C- no. Celine Dion. Um, you know, we talked about um, a lot about Jennifer Lopez's Grammy performance. Uh-huh. And yes, that we did. she was going to be, you know, she did the Motown review. People, just on that alone, Smokey Robertson's and Barry... Gordy. Gordy mm-hmm. have said, you know, Motown was supposed to be inclu- inclusive. It doesn't matter that she's not African-American for crying out loud. Quit, uh, quit, okay. quit on fine. that point. But she wasn't even supposed to be performing this in the first place. What happened is the, her original performance at the Grammys was going to be part of a Michael Jackson, Jackson 5 celebration. But with the movie that came out at Sundance, the documentary, Leaving Neverland, which chronicles two men who say they were molested as children by Michael Jackson, they just didn't feel like it's right to give him a tribute, Mm. which makes a lot of sense. So behind the scenes, there was a controversy brewing first that she was chosen to be in a Motown tribute, and then they had to overhaul the show because... Of that. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then Stevie yeah. Wonder, Wonder was supposed to be in yeah. the gig, yeah. but then he dropped out yeah. because he's like, well, maybe I don't want to be associated with a Michael Jackson tribute when this documentary is going to drop. So Neo came in and filled in for him. Now, Smokey Robinson and Alicia Keys were also added last minute. Now, Smokey Robinson just got up on stage for about 30 seconds and just did nothing. Did nothing. No, I mean, his, it, I think that there. adding Smokey Robinson was, hey, let's add some legitimacy to this. <laughs> yes, that's exactly the word I was getting. To this use. bit. And by having a legend on stage. So the Motown mel- melody, um, medley, medley, excuse me, I always want to say melody, that we saw on Sunday was still being changed Saturday night. So when we saw Jennifer Lopez and her breathy, breathy thing when she was interviewed, right when she came off the stage and she was so proud of herself oh, for yes. making it through it. I did it for my mom. I did it for my mom. You know, she probably was, I mean, she had to really perform they needed her otherwise they could have cut it which they sh- probably should have and not cut off other people but they didn't and she did what she was asked to do i thought you know she wasn't supposed to be the motown person she was an entertainer in that segment to, to your point julia the grammys would have not been worse for just completely eliminating that bit it didn't add anything mm-hmm. to the grammys whatsoever now there is last night it was taped motown records 60th anniversary concert in conjunction with the grammys mm-hmm. that was taped last night right. stevie wonder was there john legend sierra ross. i mean there were other people diana ross had was doing something else that night at right. the grammys um you know there were other people doing other things and they it, like i said cbs wanted to have fresh Eyes on yeah. this uh, Motown thing. Well, and here's what Ken yeah. Ehrlich says, the producer of the show. He just said, I felt that this was appropriate for the Grammys. There were other artists on this Motown tribute concert that would have fit the Sunday slot, probably. There's no question about it, but I just love the idea that Lopez wanted to bring her own production into it, which is always something that's important to us on Sunday night, which means... That whole dance thing was probably part of her Vegas show. Well, of course it was. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, that was a cruise ship Motown <laughs> medley <laughs> entertainment Honey. spectacular. It totally, it totally was. Now, yeah. this also speaks to the fact that the heat behind this Michael Jackson documentary, Leaving Neverland, this is really picking up momentum. And I know the Jackson family has come out and against it and saying that it is it is not representative of Michael Jackson, but... 
this decision speaks volumes of the fact that this could be very interesting when it drops on HBO later this spring. Mm-hmm. That they would make such a bold decision as to say months out, we're you know maybe we're not gonna do this yeah. Mike, Jack Michael Jackson spectacular here. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so we will have that. And Ken, remember Ken? He's the mm-hmm. one that Ariana Grande mm-hmm. last week did not uh, see eye to eye with on her performance, yeah. and she decided not to go to the Grammys. And then Nicki Minaj called out the same individual, Ken, the producer of the Grammys. And she said that she has a story to tell. So that's his insight into, oh, well, of course, we love Jennifer Lopez. It's just a fascinating insight. Well, this Michael Jackson thing is coming up uh, pretty pretty soon. It's yeah. going to be in the first weekend in March. Yeah. That's when it debuts. Okay, so they bumped it up. I thought it they was supposed to be up, April. Yeah, March 3rd and then again on Monday, March 4th. So it's Okay, so here's the deal. Hours. Oprah has seen it. Yeah, she Oprah has. watched Oprah's it on it. David Geffen's boat on her birthday uh, in St. Bart's. That's nice. Um, and yeah, I'm just saying she's oh, seen it. Well, okay. She hasn't commented on it or anything. Or? Well, very interesting. What did she say? She said, <laughs> well, well, so I'm just waiting to see what the, I mean, I'm waiting. I wonder if people are waiting, you know, we haven't seen it yet. Well, we don't no, know. No. We haven't. But we heard it's, it's very, it's horrible. Well, are yeah. we going to end up not liking Michael Jackson music now? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think that's know. to I, be seen. Uh, well, what I can tell you is that during the premiere at the Sundance Film Festival, it's two parts, two two hour parts. So it's a four hour documentary. And the reviews coming out of it that said people were saying that this will change the perception that you have of Michael Jackson forever. And in fact, whether they it was a legitimate thing or maybe like a publicity stunt that they had counselors on hand during the screening mm-hmm. of Leaving Neverland, this Michael Jackson documentary, because it is graphic. And you can read reviews of the documentary online, and it will go into graphic detail about the ah! things that uh, these men are saying happened to them at the hands of Michael Jackson. Yeah. So it's this is going to be a pretty big deal. Yeah. Does anyone watch Peppa the Pig? Well, I don't think it's in the demo in this room, yeah, Julia. You know, uh, I think I've grown out of it <laughs> just a little bit. I think this is so cute. I, <laughs> I think this is so cute. Um, Donnie, can you see if you can find any audio from Peppa the Pig? Uh, uh, okay. Peppa the Pig is, people are starting to say that Peppa the Pig is causing kids to adopt a British accent. How lovely. I think it is lovely. Oh, how lovely. Now, I what kind it, of British accent are the, they adopting? The change in accent has been named the Peppa effect. By a parent whose daughter has been saying mummy after watching the series on a long flight. Other parents have flooded social media with comments that support the Peppa effect and confirm that their kids' vocabulary even changes after watching the show. Oh, I want the Peppa effect. They're like sponges. They just, you know, absorb Oh, that I stuff. know. We'll just start watching some old isn't British it, TV, isn't Julia. is cute, though? I just think it'd be so cute if your kids started calling you mummy. Oh, it wouldn't be frightening at all. You'd be like, where did they get no. that? Well, you all would right, know. You know, because you pick up yeah. their programming. So what I got for you here. I hope this okay. is Peppa. Here we go. And she stayed there for a hundred years. Yes, that's a nice story, Peppa. It is Susie Sheep. <laughs> Hello, Peppa. Hello, Susie. My <gasps> mummy is in a blackberry bush. <laughs> and she'll be there for a hundred years. Oh, like Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> And she'll be rescued by a handsome prince who will give her a kiss. (laughs) My mummy is having an adventure. (laughs) Oh, well, that's delightful. I I love that. I want that little girl to talk on our show. (laughs) I like pink. 
and I like fluffy dresses. So just oh. think, when, when I got off the boat from England. How many years ago was that? Uh, Four score and seven? It's the 60. Okay, 1960? No, 1959. Oh, 1950. Well, you said 60. Okay. 60th anniversary oh, okay. this year. Okay. That's how I sounded. Oh, Donnie. And then how you ter- just whittled what a away. That's how I sounded. I called it. She was mummy. That's Did you call her mummy your whole life? No, no. I mean, eventually I, I got out of that. But when I, we got off the boat, I had a British accent. Hello, mummy. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> Did you actively train your British accent away or was it no, just a natural it's just, it was just a natural yeah. evolution, evolution of, yeah. of not being there anymore but yeah oh. so that is just the cutest I want to watch <laughs> Peppa the Pig I love it alright so when we come back we've got the Dirt Alert stay with us we'll be right back this is a My Talk Dirt Alert All right, Miss Holly, what do you got for us today? Okay, well, the Dirt Alert is going to live up to its name this afternoon. Another big name in the world of entertainment is being accused of sexual misconduct. And this is coming to us courtesy of a New York Times expose published this afternoon. And this is about musician Ryan Adams. Now, he's been around the scene for quite some time. And some of you may be familiar with Ryan Adams as the ex-husband of Mandy Mandy Moore. Moore. They were married seven years, divorced in 2016. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Ryan Adams is being accused of abuse. Now, this ranging from emotional manipulation to sexual misconduct by several women. This in the New York Times. And uh, this based on interviews with multiple people uh including phoebe bridgers and mandy moore she's talking in this article he is yes she is uh, singer songwriter courtney jay and other women all gave accounts of their experiences with ryan adams there's also an interview with a woman named ava who claims that she was 14 when she began talking to adams they built an online relationship that eventually led to sexual conversations and at least one instance where Adams exposed himself over Skype. Now, according to this report, Adam categorically denies these, quote, extremely serious and outlandish, ex- excuse me, accusations in the Times is reporting. He's gone on Twitter this afternoon. Oh, why? And this is, uh, yeah. Why did he do that? Uh, yeah. He, so this is what Ryan Adams has to say on Twitter this afternoon. This was published just about 17 minutes ago, I guess. So I'm not a perfect man and I've made many mistakes. To anyone I have ever hurt, however, unintentionally, I apologize deeply and unreservedly. But the picture that this article paints is upsettingly inaccurate. Some of the details are mis- in, uh, misrepresented. Some are exaggerated. Some are outright false. I would never have inappropriate interactions with someone I thought was underage, period. So, and he goes on. Well, the Ava said that she was all different ages. Yeah, so it started, they made initial contact when she was 14, this according to the New York Times. Now, Ava's about 20 years old now, and uh, according to texts reviewed by the New York Times, uh, Ava uh, Adams, excuse me, question. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. And Ava about her age repeatedly when corresponding with her online and she did not always answer honestly. And their sexual conversations continued. And there was back and forth. He was asking for photographs of her, asking pet names. So it goes into graphic details about this. So uh, this it, it seems, you know, hey, like a lot of these stories, he kind of has a pattern of how he behaves. And, you know. Well, here's what is mm-hmm. I find interesting, Holly, is mm-hmm. that um, Mandy Moore, who he, who he was married to. I mean, this guy is 16 albums, seven Grammys. Uh, Mandy Moore says is one of the women talking out about how she stifled him, her create creatively. Yeah. So I mean, this is what she's saying in this New York Times article, Julia, Mandy Moore saying that during the time she was married to Ryan Adams, almost six years, that Adams discouraged her from working with other music producers or managers and acted in ways that she now considers psychologically abusive. Here's a quote from the article. She says he would always tell me you're not a real musician because you don't play an instrument. She goes on to say, quote, his controlling behavior essentially did block my ability to make new connections in the industry during a very pivotal and potentially lucrative time, my entire mid to late 20s. Now, Adam's lawyer is denying that Adams ever stopped Mandy Moore from working with other producers and was supportive of her well-deserved professional respect. Now, to Mandy Moore's point, I believe I think that's true because she did have some music out and then it all stopped. Yeah. Exactly. And she kind of went off the radar in her. It's kind of like her character in This Is Us. I mean, I'm dead serious Mm -hmm. because she had to quit her music career for Jack Mm -hmm. and the triplets. Yeah. This is kind of. um, So that role of Rebecca on This Is Us for Mandy Moore might be more emotionally resonant for Mandy Moore. She might have a little more method to this if you're going by the New York Times article this afternoon, which that is just really. All of this is just unsettling and it's sad and uh, the whole thing can be read over at the New York Times. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Another one bites the dust. Mm. Yeah. A marriage of music and control. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. She met him when she was 23. Yeah, they got married really quickly. I remember they had a small, intimate ceremony somewhere, maybe like in Georgia. He got the cat or something, I remember. Yeah. Something crazy. They had 17 cats or something. Yeah. Well, she's married to Dawes. I mean, the guy from Dawes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she seems extremely happy, but how horrible. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure it's one of those things that Manny Moore reflects back on her time with Ryan Adams. And what it seems like in the New York Times article is that at the time, maybe you brushed off some of the things that this person said, or you didn't quite understand what was happening, but reflecting back uh, as time passes and as you gain a new perspective, you're like, yeah. That really was emotionally manipulative and abusive. Ooh. Oh, all right. Well, there we go. All right. Well, there's okay. your dirt in the dirt oh. alert. Let's move on. I to... feel dirty. I know. It, yeah. Do you feel dirty? Yes. Okay. So we're going to move on to something that is delightful. Okay. And that's also posted on the Lori and Julia show page at mytalk1071.com. It's Andy Cohen and mm-hmm. baby Benjamin Allen. Mm-hmm. Yes. We've got audio. Oh, we have a little bit of audio? Yeah, we're going to play it a little. Fan, yeah. A little later in the hour? Yeah, well, but b- the, the cover of the People magazine is yes. darling. Well, before you go and listen to Andy Cohen here, later in the hour, you can go and check out Andy Cohen and Little Benjamin, My Dream Baby, and That Baby 
has a head of hair. Yeah, he does. Oh, my goodness. Dark hair. Yes, Andy says about being on the cover of People magazine, this is my son. I grew up reading people cover to cover at a time when being gay meant that there was no way to have a family. And he says, now I'm honored to be the first gay dad featured on the magazine. I think cover. that's pretty cool. I have to admit. Yeah. No matter how much he bugs me sometimes, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Um, well, in uh, news that the sky is blue and bears poop in the woods, Khloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson allegedly spend very little time together. Oh, that's a shame. Oh, this they point. were last seen, though, January 18th at Craig's. The only reason you go there... Just to be seen. The food is very good. (laughs) Lori wants me to point that out. But Julia, the food is good there. People go there for more than that. And I'm like, no, they don't. They want to be photographed. That's right. That's why. Yes, of course, Julia. We go there to see stars. Yes. You don't go there for the good food. That is just like an extra added bonus that the food isn't horrible. But they go there to be photographed. So they were out together to keep going yes he's also on the road yes he is now to your point he is on the road with uh, the cleveland cavaliers uh, but a source at people magazine says that chloe rarely even talks about tristan thompson uh at this point in their relationship the source saying probably chris jenner that chloe kardashian uh her main focus is her little baby daughter true she says her whole life is true chloe's a great mom it's so obvious how much she loves being a mom and she likes that true is just a little bit older now and also speaking of chloe kardashian julie i think you shared this on your twitter account earlier today i did yes i said who is this person <laughs> she has she no longer looks like herself she's got a bob people oh well. she made she took outrageous steps and has done something unbelievable that no one has ever done before she cut her hair and she bleached it blonde nobody in the history of the world julia has ever cut their hair into a bob and bleached it blonde i have to show you i cut mine today because i can't get into another week look at how uneven my sides are wait a minute you cut it yourself today and i was bringing in scissors i forgot about it what are you doing cutting your hair actually that's a really that's a good job you think i think they're completely uneven i could i can't tell at bella told me or she's at blonde now you twist the bottom you twist, 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 and then you cut it. Okay. I don't think they're even. Do you think they're even? They're even enough for cutting it yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It didn't cost you anything. No, so. but really, <laughs> no. Chloe, Chloe Kardashian no longer looks like Chloe. And then there was a scandal. Vintage scandal. It was quite the scandal. I am shocked at your behavior. Ooh, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Holly is taking over Vintage Scandal. Love it. Passing the baton. Okay. Holly, what do you got for us today? We're going back to 1969. A great Fifth, year. A great year <laughs> for any... Donnie. No, it was, this was a great family year. Program. Great year. It was a great year. And we're going back specifically to the 1969 Academy Awards, honoring the best in film from the previous year, 1968. Now, let's uh, just listen to what happened when the Best Actress Oscar was presented in 1969. Now, the voice you're going to be hearing is of screen legend Ingrid Bergman presenting the award. There they are, the Best Actresses of 1968. Catherine Hepburn in The Lion in Winter, Patricia Neal for The Subject was Roses, Vanessa Redgrave for Isadora, Barbara Streisand, Funny Girl, Joanne, Woodward for Rachel, Rachel. The winner 
It's a tie. The winners are Catherine Hepworth in Lion in the Winter and Barbara Streisand. A fan favorite. A fan favorite, right, Julia? Shocking. Scandalous. Salacious. A tie for Best Actress at the Academy Awards in 1969. One for Catherine Hepburn for The Lion in Winter. The other one, Barbara Streisand in Funny Girl. So So, what happened? So what happened? Exactly. (laughs) So let's set the stage of what happens and maybe the singular person responsible for that tie at the Academy Awards. We're going to tell the tale. So let's start out with setting the stage of Katherine Hepburn and Barbara Streisand. Katherine Hepburn, 61 years old, old Hollywood legend, two-time Academy Award winner. So she won an Oscar back in the 30s for Morning Glory, and then she also won an Oscar the previous year for Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. So she had already just won. Now, the situation with Katherine Hepburn at the time is that her longtime partner on screen and in life... Spencer Tracy had passed away the previous year. Mm -hmm. So she was kind of in a state of mourning. So she was kind of sad. And, you know, her career was kind of seen as she moved away from Hollywood. What is she doing? Well, she gets the offer to be Eleanor of Aquitaine in The Lion in Winter. That's fantastic. All right. So Catherine Hepburn, even though she's not quite making a comeback, she's being sold in this role of The Lion in Winter as a great Hollywood icon making her big return to Hollywood. By the way, this was her 11th nomination, meaning that she was the most nominated actor ever in the history of Academy Awards with this nomination. Okay. On the other hand, Julia, you've got the newcomer. You've got the newcomer. You've got Miss Babs, Barbara Streisand, 26 years old. Fanny Bryce. Fanny Bryce Mm -hmm. at this time. So with Barbara Streisand, she was in the movie Funny Girl. This was Barbara Streisand's first film ever. So she had already played Fanny Bryce in Funny Girl on Broadway. So the reviews for Funny Girl for her screen debut were phenomenal. Hollywood was like, Barbara Streisand is going to be the next big, great Hollywood star. Mm -hmm. Like Victoria. Very exciting. Uh, And Funny Girl also was the highest grossing musical since The Sound of Music back in 1965. And that is important to note because Barbara Streisand was seen as the new talent that could save Hollywood. Very exciting. So these films setting that stage with the two actresses. So you got the old guard and the new guard. These two films were also important to note because they were a part of greater trends in Hollywood. One of the trends that was happening in the 60s, the British invasion. It wasn't just the Beatles. It was also film. Hollywood Mm. needed film to make money because... Hollywood was struggling a little bit. So just to give you some facts here, 400 films were made in Hollywood in 1940. 300 around a year in the 1950s. By the time 1968 came around, only 176 of the 380 films released in the United States were made by Hollywood. Really? Yeah, because they weren't making money. The Lion in Winter, Catherine Hepburn's movie, very very British oh, and yeah. people liked it. So mm-hmm. that was really important. It was like, yeah, okay, Catherine Hepburn, old Hollywood guard, bringing in this British talent. Think of all the people that we got to know in the 1960s who were from from England. We've got the late Albert Finney, Peter mm-hmm. O'Toole, Julie Andrews, I mean, Julie Christie, all of these people. Richard this, Burton. Richard Burton. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. So that's really important. Another thing to think about over on Team Barbara Streisand, the movie musical. So, 
there was a decline in the Hollywood musical. You know, we had all the 30s, 40s, jazzy things. And then until like Mary Poppins, My Fair Lady and The Sound of Music came around, those movies made 18 Oscars. And like you said earlier in the show, Julia, Oscars mean good marketing. They mean money. And they mean money. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So Hollywood at the time, 1968, they were thinking these big movie musicals, safe investment for time and energy. We're not making as many films as we used to, but dag nabbit, we're going to put all of our money into things like Camelot. Yay! Dr. Doolittle! Yay! Star with Julie Andrews! That was a big old turd. Well, Mm -hmm. they understood that these movies were making them big because we want to win Oscars, but people aren't really going to see them until Funny Girl. Barbara Streisand and her young, vivacious talent really did well. So they were really excited about this, Julia. They're like, we're going to make a lot of money off of Barbara Streisand. We got to embrace this young woman. She's going to save our keisters. Because also think about what was happening in 1969. Just in general. What was happening? The war. The war in Vietnam. Hippies, like new Hollywood stuff, Woodstock. And always going back to that point, Julia, Oscars are marketing. So people want to put a lot of money behind these movies because also Hollywood kind of likes to justify their own existence. So Oscars really important. Now, that's the stage. That's what's happening in 1969 for the Oscars. So coming back, well, why the heck? Okay, so it's really important for these two women to win an Oscar. Both of them, valid Mm -hmm. performances too, by the way, because they were both praised wildly at the time. Phenomenal performances by Katherine Hepburn and Barbara Streisand. But here's where things get interesting about the tie. Now, there are only two ties in Oscar history. I know, there was another one. I know, it was quite shocking, right? So, that happened, they changed the rules as a result of that. That happened back in, uh, you know, the early 40s. Well, here's what happened. Noting the changes in, you know, the hippies and the youth movement and New Hollywood, all of this stuff. Well, in 1967, Gregory Peck became the president of the Academy. And he wanted to contemporize. Kind of sounds familiar, right? Yeah. We're kind of going through the same thing. We're going Mm -hmm. through the same thing right now. He wanted to contemporize the Academy. He's like, look, man, we got a lot of old fuddy-duddies that are in the Academy. The Academy membership used to be before Gregory Peck became president. You'd have it for life. You'd be able to vote. Everything. Yes. So um, he changed that. And new people could be brought into the Academy to liven things up. What did he do? New people, new talent, new fresh talent. Hmm, who do we need to be into the Academy? Barbara Streisand. He offered Barbara Streisand a membership into the Academy, even though she had never been in a movie, she had never won an Oscar, the two qualifiers that you needed to be into the Academy. Because he was like, she's going to save us. She's going to save Hollywood. She's a great, fantastic talent. Well, that's really interesting. Peck got backlash for that decision, but he already knew Barbara was a star. So Barbara joins the Academy. And there was an exact tie for votes in 1969. So if you put that all together, why did Barbara Streisand win an Oscar that year? She voted for herself. So really... It was all Barbara Streisand, and that's the reason why she tied with Katherine Hepburn. How many members were there in the Academy? 
<laughs> well, there were 3,300 votes, voters for Best Actress in that year. How do you know? Well, that is the scandal, and that is the theory. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming everybody voted. Which Assuming everybody didn't. voted. Exactly. But it's fascinating, and it's same as it ever was in the Academy. It there's is. always drama. Yeah, there's always drama. Same but as that's it ever interesting was. that he appointed her without having yeah. a, any of the requirements. Exactly. I don't even know what the requirements are now. None. Now I don't know, <laughs> yeah. but it goes to show that it's always the same. The academy is always trying to think keep it fresh. of ways to keep it fresh. It's always evolving, and you know, the next year. Well, by the way, that year, 1969, Oliver British Musical won Best Picture. The next year, Midnight Cowboy. The only X-rated film to ever get Best Picture. Totally 180 for the Academy. So, (sighs) things change and things don't change. They all stay the same. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Thank you, Holly. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's a good one. That was good and juicy. All right, when we come back, we've got the rest of the headlines to get to people. I want to raise your spirit. All right, gang, thanks for hanging out with us today. There's a new movie trailer that dropped that we posted on the Lori and Julia show page at mytalk1071.com, and it's called Yesterday, and it's a really fun concept. But, uh, Donnie, can you play the trailer for us, and it'll tell you what it's about, and it comes out this summer, and it's so cute. Here we go. Now it looks as though they're here to say, oh, I believe. Why did you write that? I didn't write it. Paul McCartney wrote it. The Beatles. Who? John, Paul, George and Ringo, The Beatles. Yesterday. It's one of the greatest songs ever written. Well, it's not Coldplay. It's not Fix You. Do you genuinely not know who The Beatles are? Genuinely. Then I'm in a really, really, really complicated situation. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me. Sorry, I'm just listening to Jack's new song. What's this one called? Uh, leave it be. Let it be. Well, rock on, Jack. Oh, yeah. Tell you something. Hi, we should talk. See, we pay and you write songs and then you make a ton of money. And then we take most of it. That's Kate McKinnon. We would like you to write something right now. Something in the way. <laughs> He's on James Corden. She moved. No one's right, ever right. written this many great songs. How do you do it? So what's the premise? So the premise is this kid wakes up and um, no one ever realized that the Beatles existed. They never existed. They never existed. And it's um, so yesterday everyone knew the Beatles. Today Jack remembers their song, but no songs, but no one else does. And he tries to tell people, no, it's the Beatles. Who were they? What were they? (laughs) And so it unfolds. But it's done by Danny Boyle, who directed Slumdog Millionaire. And it's written by the writer of Love Actually. I just thought it looked so clever Mm -hmm. and fun. So that's posted on our page. Um, That looks like a fun movie to me. And then Andy Cohen stopped by the Today Show this morning to talk about, you mentioned, Holly, he's on the cover of People Magazine. Yes. With his new baby, Benjamin Allen, who has hair. He he has a head of hair. Go check it out. It's also on the show links page for Lori and Julie at mytalk1071.com. And, you know, Andy Cohen, he looks really happy. 
He does look happy. So here he is talking about, they're interviewing about being a dad. Andy, you're on on paternity leave, but has it really hit home that you are the dad of this adorable tiny human? No, I just sit and stare at him. I can't get over his head of hair. Yes. He's adorable, you guys. He's so cute. He's beautiful. What did you think, Andy, when they placed that little baby in your arms? Take us through that moment. Hoda, I couldn't believe it. We, we, you know, they, 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 I was in the delivery room. They cleaned him up a little bit. They put him, you know, I took my shirt off and they put him right there. And he was so alert. He wasn't crying. His eyes were open. Mm. And we just stared at each other for about two hours. Um, just looking at each other and he was touching my face and it it was just incredible. And I I just, you know, I was hoping he was going to have a little hair on his head and and the kids already over delivering. Yes. He really, because my kids were all cue balls and they didn't have hair for a couple years. It felt like. Yeah, my first one was like that, but my my daughter had He had hair straight out the show. Oh, it's so, so Benjamin. And then this is what, you know, he talks about how he feels. (laughs) <laughs> like when you hold him, mm-hmm. are you just feeling like I can't believe this happened yeah. to me? I can't believe this. This I get to have this experience. I can't because you know you really have to. It's not that easy for a single guy to do this on his own. It, it takes a village, as they say. And uh, so I really wanted him, and the fact that he's here and he's so perfect and he's in wonderful health, and I. I have great gratitude for my surrogate and all the people who helped me get to this place. And uh, I, I'm just thrilled. It's a, it is, a, it's truly a dream. And Hoda has been a great inspiration for yeah. me, I'll say. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a real, there's, there's a lot of sweetness and hugs and snuggles happening in the West village right now. Oh. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. And so his show while, it's new, they say. Last night, it was all the funny ladies that have been on the show, and it had Joan Rivers and an old Kate McKinnon one and an old um, uh, Tina Fey clip. So it was he's really doing a fun. clip show. Yeah, so he's just doing a clips, but it was fun to see Joan Rivers. Damn, I miss yeah. that woman. Yeah. That is one show mm-hmm. that does not have a fill-in host. Oh, no? watch what? Well, because it's so rooted in Andy yeah. Cohen. Yeah. yeah. It has got to be him or nobody. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't. So, anywho, I thought that was really cute. Very that was nice. cute. So Very he, nice. He's Mazel got, yeah, he's got that going. All right, other things that are happening. This is kind of interesting. So, in 1977, on this day, well, this week, February 12th, yep. really, mm-hmm. um, 1977, in the Billboard, um, Billboard charts, what ruled... The charts. Let me guess. Let me guess. Star oh. is born. Yeah. Oh, Star is born. There it is. And the song was Evergreen. Yep. For three weeks, it was, and that song was just a big down deal. She co-wrote that song with Paul Williams, and it was her only her second composing credit ever. Wow. And of course, Paul um, Williams, the Rainbow Connection. Oh, I love Paul Williams. Rainy days and Mondays get me down. Yeah. yeah. Don't get me. I love him. Yeah. Um. So anyway, flash forward to today. Shallows has been uh, number one on the Billboard charts, same time, and um, at for the new Stars Born. So it's kind of funny that they both had these great, great songs that have hit the charts. I wonder if that's ever happened before. Soundtracks from remakes right. from two movies that are the same, both getting number one I, with different yeah. music. I don't know. I highly doubt it. I, I, I do too. Not. Probably not. I do too. Well, oh. Lady Gaga 
um, and Carly Rae Jepsen have had this thing about having the number one song for a while. Yeah. So back when uh, Carly Rae Jepsen's song, Call Me Maybe, went to the top of the Billboard charts and knocked Lady Gaga's song, which was, um, what was it? Could be many. No, um, I know it. No, no, no. It's it whatever one. No, or? it might be born this way. But it, she knocked her off the charts. She said, "Hey, I'm going to come back and get you, Carly Rae. You just wait." <laughs> so now, all these years later, "Shallow" is number one, and she sent Carly Rae kind of a funny thing. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. And it oh, was I'm born grateful. this way. So it, anyway, all right. I know. I know, people. It's a hump day. It is it's a hump day. Are you and straddling it. I'm going to go to a Timberwolves game. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's tonight? Yeah. Oh, nice. They're playing the Houston Rock- Rockets. Uh, that's a good team. How are the T-Wolves this year? Um, Up now? Give me a sports so, ball so, review. So they're well, under 500 right now. Yep. So so that's just kind of, of like, uh, They got a lot of yeah. her players. The games are fun? So you're saying there's opportunity for improvement? Uh, yeah, Always. I would say that. Always yes. with the Minnesota sports yes. team. Oh. I don't think that that... Very young I, coach. The youngest in the league. I know. Wow. So everybody right. have a great night. We will be back tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out with us. Tomorrow, by the way, is Valentine's Day. Don't forget. Ooh. Job done. Off you go.